0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay? Well, listen here.
1: Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, episode three of four. This week, Angela tells Tommy about Ross. Andrea gets mad at the family for the tennis and weed situation. Sarah prepares for the birthday party and waits for Michael to show up. Britney confronts her mom about her drug use, and Lacey and Shane get IVF treatment and find out they are pregnant. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating. Or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch Ninety Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, Good. Ninety Day M'K, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mister O. Good. Thanks. Stay safe and enjoy. Good.
0: Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mister O. How are things?
1: Uh, they are okay. Yes, it is another week. We're getting really close to October.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in October, but it'll be a different pumpkin month.
1: Pumpkin Spice.
0: Yeah, but we have we've have Pumpkin Spice over here already. <laughs> they start that thing mid-August these days.
1: Oh, goodness. Oh. All right. But it is springtime in the world of life after lockup.
0: It is, and springtime is the time for fertility and whatnot. So oh, gosh. Lacey Shane and John. Or just Lacey and Shane at this point. Okay, so Lacey wakes up in the middle of a night very anxious because she has her appointment this morning to do her IVF. She is self filming and decides that what we really need to see at this point is her waking up Shane, who can't even go who can't go to the IVF appointment because of COVID restrictions. As Lacey shows us shows up to the doctor, she tells us that this, because of a $25,000 cost, they're only going to be able to do this once. Lacey is allowed to video the embryo transfer and then tells and tells us and Shane that she transferred two embryos, which she says gives her a really high chance for twins. Shane is excited, but doesn't know how they're going to be able to afford one, let alone two babies, because of COVID, he's been furloughed from his job. But in the next scene, Shane is doing his best at trying to be a father. Luckily, the kids haven't passed him by academically, so he's able to help with their ABCs and times tables. Then he bribes them with candy as Lacey calls him away. She has a pregnancy test and wants Shane to be there to see the results. And the results are Lacey is pregnant.
1: Oh, gosh. Surprise, surprise.
0: Shane says he's ready to be a dad. And Lacey says that this is a fresh start that has finally killed any feelings she's had for John. All right. You want know, to just talk about what, what a disaster this is?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, the answer, if you've had rockiness in your relationships, I don't think should ever be more kids.
0: It really isn't. Like, it's, it's such a weirdly selfish way of, like, thinking about, of doing it. You're like, is this an environment? that is going to be healthy and helpful to raise a good person? Or is this environment going to be filled of, well, here's the term we just learned, we just talked about a lot in my last PD, adverse childhood experiences. (laughs) Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just feel like, um, and I, I mean, Lacey should know this. She has three other kids. It's like kids bring stress, you know? And if your relationship isn't strong to begin with, it's like that's going to draw out all of those kind of imperfections in your relationship. So it confuses me why people always think like, oh, having a child will bring us closer together. It's like, yeah, it will bond you like in an emotional way. But that doesn't change the day-to-day like frustrations and irritations and challenges.
0: Actually, in my experience, it does change a relationship to be even more like – I wouldn't say transactional. That's the wrong word. But um, you know, it's more logistical. It's more utilitarian. You have to talk about who's yes. cleaning up the stuff. Who's cleaning up? The, who's there, who's feeding the kids? Who's going to pick up? The, who's going to do this? Who's working with their homework? And like, so all that time you kind of have to be like, you know, a family and just enjoy each other's presence and have romance and things like that. Those are times you then have to like carve out of your already stupid busy schedule, right? And mm-hmm. it, it makes. It makes those nice parts of the relationship even harder, and you almost just become business partners at a certain point, you know?
1: Yes, and I can definitely see that. But I think also maybe why Lacey doesn't know that or see that is because it doesn't sound like her baby daddies were along or around for a long time after the kids actually were around, because her kids are still fairly young, like all three of them.
0: Right, like I said, they were working on the ABCs and times tables. So we're talking about like, and that was like the oldest one was working on times tables, and the yeah, youngest so one was working like on eight? ABCs. Yeah, um, yeah, something like that. So I would sure. say
1: eight. The Third grade was times tables, if I recall. Yeah, that
0: sounds yeah. about right. And so, so. yeah, it just oh, and I just don't, I don't know, because with especially with the, I know that they're like this is really expensive. We have a deal right now, but oh man, he doesn't have a job. Like that's no.
1: Just yeah, but they can do porn whenever, you know? So it's not that big of a deal.
0: I don't th- I doubt there was a covid dip in porn consumption. There was probably, a, a, probably there was probably the a covid rise in porn <laughs> consumption, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say too. Uh I think it's one of those things where it's like they're just not making a big deal about that's what they do. Sure. So, you know, it's like they're trying to play up like they don't have jobs because they don't have jobs
0: right they don't have they don't have a they don't have a 95 right but right i don't know but that means they kind of need the show right like that's part of what it is because i think if you're not on tv there's less of a demand for you right i don't think yeah i don't i don't i don't necessarily get the impression that she's an extraordinarily gifted cam girl that brings people in on her own right (laughs) oh
1: goodness uh i don't know so okay we can talk about her looks then for a little bit. Um, uh, Her lips look extra gigantic on this episode. Uh-huh. And I kind of wondered a little bit if she was just like, you know, kind of like a, a squirrel squirreling away her lip fillers before oh, she's pregnant before she and probably real. can't get them done for a while.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Now we talked about that. We talked about the porn. What? I think she had her background. I think some of her most successful porn was pregnancy porn. Oh, really? Yeah. I think she like oh. did it when she was had the kids, which means that it would make sense that they she would want more kids.
1: Oh, because it's more money. hmm Interesting. Okay. Um... Which,
0: I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine if you're a, you a person who's growing up and you realized how your mom funded your life was not just porn, but porn when she was pregnant with you?
1: Ugh, so concerning. Oh, my God. Just, oh. <laughs> That's traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, I also want to talk about Shane. So, his tattoos. He has some weird tattoos. Because they showed him in bed. He was, like, lounging around, you know. Yeah,
0: just like, I mean, as because Shane always comes across to us as being pretty dumb. But Shane yes. just waking up is just like, is this even a person? Like, he's just oh like, rawr, 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 rawr. like, why did we film this dude just waking up? This is I know. the worst of Shane. Yes.
1: Yeah. So he has this like... um It looked kind of like a rose tattoo, but it wasn't very – It looked faded for one, and it didn't look really detailed. So it just made – And it was pretty close to his nipple, I want to say. So it just looked like he had this giant saucer-sized nipple on one side. And I was just like, (laughs) what is going on?
0: I mean, some of them look pretty fresh too, right?
1: Right. Just not that one.
0: Yeah, not that one. Not that one. Yeah, He has a lot – He definitely has – a lot of chest work that was done clearly piecewise.
1: Okay. So speaking of chest work, he has a tattoo that says sister's keeper. What is that about? That like.
0: Interesting. Cause we haven't heard much about his family, right? No. Like, that's, that sounds like the kind of tattoo you get when like your sister passes away. You okay. Know? I think, I don't know. It's, there's all kinds of things that are, that are weird. Like and especially in the tattoo world and things like people get phrases like oh that phrase is a very specific thing for this group and it means this and you're like, okay, like, (laughs) all right. So I don't know maybe Uh, some sort of sisters keeper group. I don't know. It sounds it doesn't sound good.
1: (laughs) No, it sounds weird. Okay. Also, speaking of Shane and his weird choices for his physical appearance. Did you notice that in his interview where he's got the weird topiary beard thing going on? Uh He also has shaved a gap in the middle of his mustache. Did you notice that?
0: I did not. So he has like an inverted Hitler?
1: Yes. It was super weird. And at first I was just like, well, maybe his facial hair doesn't grow in there. I don't know. You know, like sometimes it comes in patchy. Nope. But then you see him in, you know, the actual show Regular mustache, interview, weird gap in between. Like the weird. space right underneath his nose, it's like he shaved that little chunk off. Like that was a choice.
0: Like that little part that dips in, like yes. right there under your nose. Yeah. Like, and, weird. That is weird. Yes.
1: That was a choice and not a very good one.
0: Uh, he makes a lot of questionable choices with his, with his facial hair. Um,
1: yes. Okay, but speaking of noses, why on earth was Lacey... Holding the pregnancy test up by her nose like she was sniffing it the entire time.
0: I think she just. I. I, I just thought she was doing it because she wanted it in frame. I didn't notice a sniffing. I just thought her, she wanted it up in her face, and she had the phone by her face as so she wanted. She to kept on
1: putting it underneath her nose,
0: like she was smelling her pee. Like.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's what it looked like. I was like, "What's going on right now?" you going
0: be able to tell that way. Right. Yeah. Weird. These two. I don't know. It, it, there is these two, people. and I don't know. Good. Good luck to that. Good luck to these one or two kids that may come. Cause oh my gosh. They're gonna need it.
1: I think it's just one, right?
0: Oh, I don't. I haven't paid much attention to if it's because she had the. I had two implanted, so it's a really good chance it's twins.
1: Oh, okay. So I think what happened is as soon as the show aired on Friday, she posted something on social media because she was allowed to at that point. And so I think that they found out back in April, I want to say. And uh, because I think I was doing the math. I think it's due in January. And I think it's a boy, I want to say. And it only they only indicated one. So okay. I guess it was good that she ended up going to.
0: Yeah, no, since it ended I, I up being just one that tends to be the reason. Like people who, when they yes. only have, we only have one shot at this, they're like, put as many in there as you can. Like, let's right. let's go.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, let's talk Sarah and Michael. So we were all tricked into thinking Sarah was yelling at Michael on the last episode, but the reality is that she left her therapist's office to vent to her boyfriend Malcolm about Michael on the phone. She is frustrated and screaming and crying, and Malcolm does his best to calm her down from being upset and emotional. The producers prompt her to come back to the therapist's office, and Sarah is yelling that she doesn't understand why Michael can't just be there, and she just wants to be rid of him. Sarah is then setting up the birthday party at the venue, and she still hasn't heard from Michael. Just as friend Emmy and boyfriend Malcolm are saying what a dick move that is, Michael calls. He tells her it's a long story why he couldn't make it earlier, but he's here now. Sarah visibly shows restraint as she just tells him she'll text him the address. And Michael tells us after he gets off the phone that she's just trying to flex and doesn't know why she thought he was going to just, you know, not going to show. Sarah plans on meeting him out in the parking lot to warn him what he's walking into, namely her boyfriend. Sarah anxiously waits uh, Michael in the parking lot. She has a conversation with Michael in the parking lot and starts off by thanking him for being there, but then telling him that he needs to communicate. He just makes excuses and says he'll tell her why later. Both of them agree that they don't want any drama and tension. Sarah then tells him her boyfriend is there and that she wanted them to meet two days ago when Michael was actually supposed to arrive. Michael insults Sarah by saying he doesn't want to meet a guy that she just met. Sarah suggests that she can bring him out so Michael can meet him, but she doesn't want Michael to come in hot, which he doesn't care and he just beelines for the door anyway. All right. Do you think it would be too much for these two guys just to ignore each other without having to have a conversation?
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's a plan. Like, I, I, I don't think Michael's going to violate that plan. Uh, I just yeah. feel like Sarah's going to try to get Malcolm to like. Like mm-hmm. I get, I get, in my head. I'm just seeing Malcolm being like, "Hi, I'm Malcolm," and Michael just, just completely ignoring him. Like, just, right, like you're not even there, right? Yeah. So why not just have him stand on the other side of the room? They don't have to talk to each other. Like they can stay on different zones. Don't have to happen. I right. And it, 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 all things considered, that's not the worst outcome.
1: No, for I don't them think to just so either. Both mutually
0: ignore each other. That that would be fine. Like as
1: long as they're not being awkward about it, like in front of the kids, and I don't even care if they're being awkward about it in front of the adults, you know. But it's just like right. as long as the kids don't know. Like I don't see what's wrong with that plan. Like why do we all have to like kumbaya make peace before, you know, the birthday? Like right, and that's that on them.
0: And that 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 took me a little bit, a little. That's the problem with Michael is you're like his lack of communication right yes
1: it's Is so bad
0: it took me a long time to realize that that's what he meant right cuz he kept mm-hmm. saying i'm not finna go meet somebody you just met right yeah and what he meant by that wasn't like and it was weird cuz he did that as he stormed into where the party was right i was like i don't know how yeah. you're planning to not meet him by going to him but but he meant was listen i don't want to talk to this dude we're just right. going to we're just going to be in this party ignoring each other yeah, like, yeah yeah just don't make me talk to this dude right
1: yeah
0: which i and I, I just I just don't know if Sarah would have been like been cool with that because she does she does flex like I don't know I know Michael says everything's a flex but yeah, I she know, does right? flex. like and yeah. she definitely would have flexed and be like no no, no you won't be at the party you're gonna you gonna have to meet Malcolm right I like, guess it's ridiculous that you go here and you're, not, you're just gonna ignore him like he's not here and it's like yeah that, that's a pretty good plan like
1: well I don't think she would I think she would phrase it in a way that was like, well, this person's going to be a significant part of the girl's lives, so you should meet them. Yes. You know, so I yeah, I definitely feel like she would kind of be manipulative and try to because in the end, like the only reason why Sarah wants Michael to meet him is to make him jealous. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: And it, whether or not it's a ploy to get Michael back or not is irrelevant. She still wants right. she still wants him to be jealous.
1: Yes, I think she wants him to be jealous. I don't necessarily know if it's to get him back, but maybe just to rub it in his face like, oh, you're single now. Look, I have a good man over here. You should have appreciated me when you had the opportunity to appreciate
0: me. Right, and now it's gone, and now I'm with him, right? Totally. Yes, and now you're
1: alone because you're the asshole.
0: Right, because either way, no matter how she shook it, right – Her plan was to say, I have a boyfriend. Here he is. Like giving him no time to adjust, no time to think about, well, who is this guy? And like, you know, to kind of think about it in his head and settle it. She wanted it to be, I have a boyfriend. Here he is. Boom. Like even if it was two days ago, it was going to be like, here's my boyfriend that you didn't know about.
1: This is what I don't really understand about, like, Michael being in any kind of relationship is he just seems so emotionally immature and he also seems like someone who is a terrible communicator, right? He says what he says just to get his way in the moment. Right. But he's really selfish and he's not really even thinking about himself long term. Right. He's thinking about like, oh, I want to get laid like right now. Oh, I want her to do this for me right now. I want to get money from her right now. He's not thinking long term like in anything that he does. And it just it it confuses me how he ends up getting all these women in relationships Right.
0: That is weird because like, who puts up with that crap? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand because he definitely, I mean, yeah, he's definitely the guy who like, three messages in is like, so you think we could hook up? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right.
0: Definitely. Right.
1: Girl, I want you so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes.
0: He would totally do it like that, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would I I don't know. I'm you're not on the so other end hot, of
1: it. Like, yeah, I'm not on the I other end. I can't help it. myself.
0: But I have I definitely I feel like I have more respect for the guy who's straight up like listen, I'm on this, I'm here trying to get laid. And if that's <laughs> something you're into, cool. Instead of be like, Oh yeah, girl.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: no, don't uh, uh. like I don't know. Because 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 he even did that when you're right. He's did that when he showed up and she came out to yell at him and he was she was like, I can't believe you didn't tell me before And he was like, yeah, That's understandable. That's right. He just said like whatever. I don't want to fight right now. I'm just gonna agree with you till we can go. So we can go inside, and it doesn't become a fight. Like he had a short term thing. I just want to get inside. That's all I want. Yeah. What do I have to do to get inside to this place right now?
1: <laughs> oh, he's so terrible. All right, moving on. All right. Uh,
0: more terrible. Yeah. Well, this one. Oh gosh. No, I'm gonna go Marcelino and Brittany. Okay. All right. So we're s- Brittany's still in the car from last week, driving to confront her mother for her drug and alcohol use. On the drive, she vents to her sister. She tells us in an interview – sister Nicole, by the way. She tells us in an interview that if her mom doesn't change, then she won't – she has no choice but to make, cut her mom out of her life. She recounts in the car the many attempts she has made to, re, to try to reconnect and help her mom with her addiction. Brittany recognizes the old tactics of trying to connect were simply not working. So the new idea is to cut her out once and for all and try to force her on her trip to rock bottom. As they pull up to the mom's place, uh, we get to see the beginning of a showdown. Cindy is there, but, like, as soon as they come in with the camera, runs out on the porch to light a cigarette. Um, She's pretty obviously high and very combative. And amidst the stealing Nicole's money to maybe, maybe buy some pills, Brittany says that Nicole is packing up and she's – Nicole is going to go to move to Alaska with her father and that Cindy should not knock on what Brittany's door. When she eventually gets evicted. She spent some more time berating Cindy for what she did before Cindy calls her an ass and gets up and knocks over the camera. So I don't know, this one just seemed sad to me. Yeah. And like I was kind of like, I don't know, I didn't I wasn't a hundred percent on Britney's side because I don't think yelling at a high person really makes any points at all.
1: Right. so I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with this, but it just seemed to me that isolating her, saying like we're going to abandon you, like because you know you're mm-hmm. I don't know, is that like a strategy for keeping a loved one like sober?
0: Well, it, it I, is I, I don't I mean, know. okay, so my my the few times I've watched intervention, right? Is right. it basically comes down to this? They, they they that's what intervention is, is they come in and they mm-hmm. say, Listen, here's the therapist. He's gonna take you to rehab right now. If you do not yeah. go with him, we will not talk to you again.
1: Okay. Okay. Like,
0: and that that's it. They're like, This is this is your last chance to stay a part of this family, is by doing this. We are done if you don't do mm-hmm. this. Right? Yeah. And so she didn't really give her that out that this is what I need you to do. She just right. said, We're done. We're we're out.
1: Yeah, and I kind of also, like, thought that she just was, like, yelling at her and telling yes. her, like, kind that's of what a terrible and person and she was. That's the
0: other person, part that works on, on in, in the intervention is, like, you do tell the person exactly how they hurt you and what they did, yeah. right? But you don't sc- – like, like the, the the guy will calm people down. You don't start screaming mm-hmm. and berating them because then it makes it sound – well, she's just being ridiculous. She's Look how out of control she was when she was screaming at me. Like, that right. wasn't my fault. That was them. They were being, they were the ones who were out of line.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I guess there are elements of that that were for the best. But, yeah, maybe the execution yeah, I mean, wasn't at so. At the great. end of the day,
0: I can't keep, I, I can't keep, I, I can't keep an addict around my kids. I just can't do it. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and I, I, I get that. I, I, I can't do it. I can't let that happen. Like I've got yeah, to protect, I got to protect myself bad and my kids. Too. She looked really bad.
1: Yeah. yeah, with her nose all messed up too.
0: Uh huh. And I'm not yeah. even, I'm not even sure what that was. But yeah, I have her no nose idea was, either because I don't, I don't. Like it was A both of us, sore? thankfully, or- both of us thankfully don't have much experience with this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but Brittany knew exactly what it was, and Brittany like, yeah. was like, "That I know what's up." But she's like, "Look I mean, at even, your nose." Even with my thing, she was clearly high, clearly. Yeah. high.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it was sad to kind of see that. And of course, anytime there's something super serious and super sad, we get like the PSA. Oh, right right at the end. Yeah, if you're struggling with addiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Which we
1: got. So,
0: right. Yes. Did we end with this? Was this the last scene before they did that? Yes, I think so. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that it was just, this was just a really serious one, like, and not a whole lot of humor or anything to be found it was just like yikes
1: yeah yeah definitely all right so moving on to angela and tony uh tommy comes to visit angela mr jerry springer himself and he brings a present a light that he has made that was meant for angela and tony but now it's just for angela tommy thinks that angela has been duped angela tells tommy that she's just really lonely and then tells tommy about ross Tommy just kind of looks sad, like he wants to cry. Angela tells him that things are completely over with Tony and she's all in with Ross now. Angela says that Ross has been in her heart this whole time, which Angela doesn't consider cheating because there wasn't any sex involved. Tommy voices his concern over Angela's attraction to prison guys, but Angela says she's going to do what she wants. Tommy then jokes that he's going to have to go to jail to get a chance with Angela. Tommy then proves how desperate for her he is when he tells her that he'll be there for her when she inevitably gets her heart broken. We then check in with Tony, who is still living in the motel. He says he is miserable without Angela. Tony says that in the past, all he has to do is touch her, caress her, and she's just putty in his hands. But he's blaming COVID on the forced physical distance. He's still convinced that he can win Angela over because he's obviously making progress since Angela didn't hit him with the bat. Angela has a video date with Ross that night, and she's reading uh, through Ross's love letters before their date. Angela has curled her hair for the occasion. We could assume that Ross knows about Tony because Angela mentions that she has burned Tony's letters, but not his. She tells him that she's dying to see him, and Ross questions the validity of that statement because he's invited her to see him twice, but she keeps using Tony as an excuse. Ross thinks that Tony is a fool and is confused why Angela fell for his lies, considering Tony proposed within a week of meeting her, which he thought was suspicious. Angela tells Ross that she's free as a bee, and Ross tells her to prove it. She throws it out there that she is easily emotionally manipulated. Angela then recounts a story of how she had made Ross this cute little photo book when he was in prison, which included a page that Angela describes as vulgar. And when Angela talked to Ross on the phone about her gift, he just didn't seem to appreciate it. Angela was mad and stopped talking to him, and that's when she met Tony. Ross takes responsibility for his reaction and says he is really to blame for her meeting Tony. Ross then talks about how he's ready to drive off an adventure with Angela at a moment's notice and just starts listing off all the random camping supplies he has ready in his truck, which includes a pellet gun. Angela reminds him that that's illegal for him to have a pellet gun, but it's okay because he says it's his homies. Ross tells her several times that he loves her. Angela tells us that she'll be he- heading to Indiana to visit him. All right. There was a lot there. There was
0: there was a bit, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: A lot of craziness. Uh do you think that Angela what she's been doing with Ross like keeping in touch with him even though she was still with Tony? She doesn't consider it cheating, but Tommy kind of thought it was. I, what do you think?
0: I I kind of I I'm kind of on Tommy's side. It, I mm-hmm. don't know if, <sighs> It, cheating is tricky right but yes. uh, yeah there's definitely the idea of, of there behind emotional infidelity right
1: right right
0: and and that's certainly up the up, up the path it was especially for tony like because you know tony has sex with prostitutes all the time right Yes, so
1: like but I, there's no emotion there right and so I feel like if she says.
0: would, he would rather if you're gonna do something with tony he would he would understand he'd be like oh I just went out and banged this guy like he was hot and yeah. really banged like he'd be like I'm, he'd be mad about it but he'd be like, "I get it, but but like <laughs> this to him is like this is an actual betrayal. Like no, this is right, right." And so, yeah, yeah. it's definitely, and I've definitely heard people say that. I think it's, I think it's always a little bit of a grass is greener type thing. Um, say right. that, oh, I would I, if you when you did the emotional infidelity, you where you were you know intimate on an emotional level with somebody else, I would have rather you just slept with someone. And I was like, well, maybe that's because I didn't actually just sleep with someone. You might feel different if it was that. But so I don't know. Uh, I don't know if cheating is the right word, but it's definitely not okay.
1: Well, I think it also kind of depends on, like, their relationship. Yes. You know, like, I think it is – Healthy-ish enough if you have friends that are of the opposite sex, and even if they're close friends, kind of like Tommy, right? Sure. Like, but I think the difference between Tommy and Ross is that Angela isn't interested in Tommy sexually. She's not trying to be with Tommy right. if she was single. Whereas with Ross, she would 100% like we've seen right now. She's trying to get with Ross now that she's single. Yeah. So I think because the intention is there, it does. It makes it bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, way it just, more it just tedious. seems
0: like she was keeping around a backup. Yes. Right? Not. And it would be one thing if like, oh, me and Ross, we talked a lot in prison. We tried to make a go. Well, even, if, even if you were like exes, right? You're like, listen, yeah. we tried to date for a little while. It just didn't work. But we still get along really well. He's a good friend of mine. Like, that – I'll be okay. That's okay, right? Because right. you do need an outlet. 100%. Like, there's yeah. no doubt about that. But, like, this was a guy that she was, like, trading love letters with. Like, every time she got upset with Tony, she would be like, oh, I should have chosen you. That's, that's very different.
1: Uh, yeah. I, that triggers me. But <laughs> I was going to say, too, that um, it's – I don't understand what Ross's whole thing is. Like, why would you want to be anyone's second choice? That makes no sense to me.
0: I mean, as Tommy, he he, he yeah. he'll take what however far down the list he comes, he'll take oh, it. Oh
1: my goodness. It but I think like with Ross, I can kind of see like yeah, you know, keeping her as an option, like she isn't your first choice either. You know, totally. like I can kind of maybe see that situation where he's just like, all right, she chose someone else. So I don't feel guilty about, you know, like putting her further down on the list. Yeah, I'll put her further but- down.
0: Like, I, I can see him. I'll put her further down on the list. If she wants to reach out and I can try and maybe they'll break up and she'll come find me, then maybe that'll right. work. But
1: And if it otherwise- happens to work out that way, like, yeah. sure, like we'll both like you know, the stars have aligned. But for Tommy, it's like he's holding, like, an eternal flame Uh, and, like, staying single.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like – I actually kind of – I mean, I feel really bad for Tommy, but I almost feel like that's also Angela's fault. Like, at some point, she has to be like, listen, Tommy, this is not going to happen. You have to stop. But I feel
1: like she has – I think the problem lies in Tommy. I mean, yes, obviously
0: there's that that there is clearly issues with Tommy who has to realize like he has to realize a lost cause and move on.
1: Yeah. And I feel like he seems like a guy that would do well for himself if he was trying to date someone age appropriate in Mississippi. And I mean, he's trying to do that with Angela, right? Right. Yeah. Angela isn't out of his league. Like, it's, I feel like he can do just as well, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, I definitely feel like
0: there's got to be, you know, at least a couple dozen other Angelas, like people that are basically Angela, right?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I don't know why he's so hung up on Angela specifically.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just – and I feel like it's bad because she knows it. Like, yeah. You know, and it's it's different that – like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's almost like one of those things that you're like, listen, when you – I can't have you around if you're just going to be crushing on me all the time. Like, that's not healthy for mm-hmm. you. It's not healthy for me. So, I'm happy to be your friend, but we can't be friends if you're going to be, like – because she was, would never
1: forget. say that
0: oh I know she would because,
1: yeah she would never say that because she's one of those kinds of people that has to have the attention
0: sure yeah yeah I mean it, and yeah it's just yeah you're right she she just she likes him around she likes that from him she likes the puppy yes, dog she yes crush. she yes. likes
1: people kind of like fawning over her it makes her feel flattered and She's into that. And I think she's just one of those people that, like, um, ties up a lot of self-worth in how attracted other people are to her. And I feel like that's also another reason why she feels a need to have to kind of juggle multiple men at one time.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it is. I have to have have the proof somewhere that I'm Mm -hmm. attractive to someone. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So –
0: My last couple, our last couple, we always end with them. I should have ended with them. Is Andrea (laughs) and Lamar. It's because I always write the most about them. I like to end with my biggest one. All right. (laughs) So as the family is settling down for dinner, Andrea gives us her extremely dubious theory that unprayed upon food will give you the coronavirus.
1: My God.
0: Thankfully, no one else buys it. I honestly couldn't tell if she was kidding or not. But Andrea moves to the logistics of Priscilla being baptized, and pretty much everybody else at the table is like, why can't we just wait? Um, It's very important to Andrea that Priscilla get covered with the blood of Christ, which I'm pretty sure that's a dubious um, theological interpretation of what baptism is, given that it's water. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, but the meal starts, and the conversation turns to the visit with Dulo and the blunt he was smoking. In an interesting strategy, Tennyson jokingly says that he tried weed for the first time. Andrea tells him to stop playing in a way that prompts Priscilla to ask her to stop using the F word. Then Lamar (laughs) steps in with what really happened. Um, Andrea jumps to this, um, jumps from what happened to meaning that Dulo does not respect her or Lamar or her children, She's so upset and sick to her stomach, she calls Dulo garbage and sewage, and she's extremely upset that now her, by the way, 18-year-old son has been in a room with marijuana (laughs) because of Lamar. Then she turns her wrath to Tennyson for not calling her right away, I think, is what she was mad about. She suggested that because he smelled it, he must have been high, which, (laughs) okay, After a few more seconds of argument, she throws food at Lamar and leaves. The next morning, Nyla finds finds Lamar after his night that he had to spend on the couch. Lamar still doesn't understand what he did wrong and wonders why (laughs) nobody else had to be on the couch. He didn't like the blunt, and he stepped in before it was an issue. Nyla says that Andrea was even mad at her because Tennyson told her and she didn't snitch. Lamar truthfully says that at a certain point... She's going to have to trust him as a parent. Soon, Andrea comes into the kitchen and Lamar says that she has to trust him and trust Tennyson. Then she goes on a rant about how weed about how weed is fake happiness, which misses his point completely. Um, then Lamar explains that Tennyson actually said basically what she just said to him in the kitchen. And she doesn't believe him. She says Tennyson would never say that. He doesn't even talk. She, then she changes again conversation again to Priscilla's baptism because she feels like she has the upper hand right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: when she claims that the, the Holy Spirit will help her confirm right from wrong because there's more temptation in California. She tells us that since, since Tennyson holds a priesthood as an 18-year-old in church, he can baptize Priscilla in a swimming pool and that, he, um, that, and that Lamar doesn't actually have to be part of the baptism, but it's something that she wants very badly. And she asked him again to agree to it because it can't happen without his consent. Lamar says that since he sees what it means to Priscilla, he's willing to compromise and agrees to the plan. And that's when we cut off. All right, so let's just roll on Andrea the Hypocrite. Always, Andrea, I cannot
1: stand this woman. She is an <laughs> enemy of science, for one. Let's just talk about all her scientific bullshit or uh-huh. her lack of scientific uh, knowledge. Okay. Uh, she couldn't have been serious about how COVID is spread no, and at I, that dinner. I
0: totally think that she, one of her running gags as mom. You know how parents like to tell the eye roly jokes, right? Dad jokes are uh-huh. sort a of thing, right? And they're not dad sure. jokes because they're funny. They're dad jokes because they're like, oh, geez, dad. Oh, my God. So corny, right? Mm-hmm. Well, her version of a corny mom joke is telling jokes about, like, prayers and things and bad. Like, oh, you got to pray for this food or else it's going to be poisoned. Like, that's, that's what she did. And they were like, oh, geez, mom. Like, so I totally I, – yes, on that one, she, I agree. I agree she was kidding. But I do not believe she understands how COVID spreads at all.
1: No, I don't think so, too. But I feel like things like that is the reason why religious people kind of get this bad rap uh, for, you know, being uh, unbelievers of science. Sure, yeah. You know, and so it's like things like that where it's like it's it's not a mystery how this stuff happens, right? But then all of a sudden you've made it all mystical, like – Oh, right. if you pray, then it won't be there. But if you, you know, don't pray, then all of a sudden your food is diseased. It's like that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, that one and the other one that kind of struck me as a, a, another reason that I feel like she's giving religious people a bad rap, honestly. Yes. In this show uh-huh. the show is that thing like again, that's always bothered me from certain. I don't even believe most religious people believe this. Like the idea mm-hmm. without religion, you have no morals. Like, and right. if she doesn't get baptized, there's no way she can know right from wrong. And I was like, that's what? Aren't you teaching her right from wrong? Like, I don't, I don't, it, I, that, that always rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it's something that, you know, it, I, I, it's another thing where, again, she's making, I just think she's making religious people look bad.
1: Right. Because there are certainly religious people that do bad things. And there's cer- certainly non religious people that are good people, you know? And I really feel like, like you said, she's just not separating her beliefs. From what she would consider good people versus bad people. Right. And it's so bizarre to me, but that was the other thing. She seems to think that, you know, once Priscilla is baptized, that she'll somehow be immune to COVID, that she'll somehow, like, you know, all of a sudden, like anything that comes her way, she's just a hundred percent protected. And I don't really understand why she thinks that. No. I don't even yeah. think the church sells baptism as like, you know, the super like yeah. protective shield from everything.
0: Right. No, it doesn't. And I feel like, I feel like even the church is like very, em- you know, emphatic about teaching your children right from wrong and teaching right. them to resist temptation and not relying on this, It's not like this one weird trick that will stop your kid from doing bad things. That's not what a baptism is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just seems really weird, like, how much she's putting into, like, this baptism. And I think, like, it's one thing for it to be important to you and it's symbolic to you. But she's, Uh like, almost treating it like it's the silver bullet, right? It's this magical bullet that will fix all the problems.
0: Right. I mean and and I don't like and it again the hypocritical part always bothers me. I don't like that my children are in this environment. I don't like mm-hmm. that it's too violent. There's too much things as she cusses everyone out at the table and chucks food <laughs> at people. You know, right. and like knocks the camera guy over. Like knocks the camera like uh, Well, who's bringing that environment now, Andrea? Like
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she kind of laughed when she threw the food at Lamar, and it kind of made me wonder a little bit, like, if she's really just faking all of this and sure. just really acting. Yeah. Um. But what really kind of um annoys me is I feel like she was over-the-top dramatic about this for the intention of she was trying to get her way. Right, she was almost being like, "Oh, wait! If I get really mad about this, I can use this as a bargaining chip to get sure. Priscilla baptized later." So I'm gonna kick him out on the couch, let him like think that he's really in the doghouse. Because Lamar was just like super confused. He's like, "What did I do?" I
0: he's like, "I didn't smoke any weed. I didn't give him weed. I didn't. I stopped him." From, well, I don't understand. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I'm with you because that also because of that reefer madness stuff she's coming out with. Did you smell it? Uh-huh. Did you smell it? Then you was high. Like, if that's true, then I'm high (laughs) every day at work.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, that's concerning. (laughs) So concerning. Yeah, but I just – I think it's, like, her just being super manipulative because that's just how she is and, like – she is the kind of person that's, like, devious like that, like, thinking two steps ahead, like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, play being mad here so that way I can get my way over here. It actually kind of reminds me of my mom a little bit. She is not above guilt tripping you about one thing, even though she doesn't really even care about it to get her way.
0: Yeah, and especially the way she does it to her kids. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I was familiar with is when another kid messed up. Like, I got yelled mm-hmm. at. I'm like, but I didn't do anything wrong. Like. <laughs> I
1: know poor Nyla Nyla. she was an innocent bystander and she's getting she's in the doghouse because she somehow didn't snitch on her brother she's like well it's not my place to
0: right he said he was going to tell you what am I supposed to like go and like go around his back like I don't even know what she wanted Tennyson to do it was just so weird but it's also a way of keeping your kids on on you know bad footing around you yeah right and so they never know how you're going to react and so they always are Super cautious and and, and, and like, you know, it's like you can keep – yeah, you can keep – you can manipulate them more, too, when they're always just like, I don't know how she's going to react. I don't know. Right. Like,
1: and, I mean, if we were called, Nyla even told Tennyson. She was like, yeah, you're going to have to tell mom. Right. So it's not like – You know, they were trying to keep it a secret and she was somehow an accomplice in all of this because they even agreed like, okay, we'll tell mom just in a very public place because they didn't want her freaking out like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that plan went out the window because it wasn't very public. It wasn't very public. It was outside.
0: Yeah. There was only only so many public places you can be COVID-wise.
1: Right. Right. Definitely. All right. So your student of the week. Um, uh, My student of the week, oh, I don't know.
0: I, it was so hard. Emmy? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I had to deep, <laughs> dig deep. She seemed okay.
1: She seemed to be she fine. She didn't do anything objectionable. She didn't do anything um, objectionable.
0: She was only on the show for like three seconds, so that was pretty yeah. much it, right?
1: Actually, I said Sarah because, uh, well, I mean, granted, she did have a meltdown. But Oh
0: right. If you forget about the beginning part, yeah.
1: Right. So she did have like an epic meltdown, but she kind of hid all that from Michael, right? Mm -hmm. So when Michael actually eventually called her, I thought she really demonstrated a lot of restraint. You could just see on her face how frustrated she was. And she just I know she just wanted to be like, fuck you, don't even like show up, right? Mm -hmm. But she was just like through gritted teeth, like I'll text you the address, you know? Yeah. And so to me, it just, you know, that restraint, it's like she's trying, even though this person is absolutely infuriating.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. So, um. all right. Class dunces.
1: Oh, gosh. Angela. Okay. For the emotional for- cheating, uh, for trying to juggle two guys, for stringing Tommy along in a weird way. Or just – I wouldn't even say she's stringing him along because I don't think she's giving him any kind of hope. But she's no. also not letting him go, right? Like, yes. she's not, like, saying, like, we can't be friends until you're over me.
0: Right. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that would
1: be, like, the nice thing to do, like, as a friend.
0: Yes. That's that's the thing she needs to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is we can't be friends until you're over me. Um, yeah. But yeah, she didn't have anything. So mine was Andrea – because of yeah, everything deserved. we talked about, like yeah, right. and 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 you and you mentioned it this time. I didn't even think about that. Is like we don't see a ton of religious people on this show, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And like to have one who just I don't know seems to just uh, give them a bad rap. Like it's like feels like yeah. all the ter- bad stereotypes people have about religious people and their right. ignorance and stuff like that, which is totally not true about the vast majority of religious people.
1: Mm-hmm. She just
0: like embodies all of it.
1: Right. And I wouldn't even say it's specific to Mormonism. Oh, of course right. Not. No. It's yeah. it's just any kind of – I mean, you could tell me she was just like non-denominational Christian, yeah, Catholic, yeah, and some sort like of evangelical, any of these things. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know, it's all interchangeable. Like, you know, right. it's she's just uh, – yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Enemy of science.
0: That's also true. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So my life lesson goes –
0: Back to Sarah then. Um, and it was kind of like if you expect that someone's going to let you down or act a certain way. Like I know she did the gritted teeth, but she was not surprised that Michael right. called her. Right. You, I don't know. This is maybe this is a teacher thing. It, you got to have a backup plan. Like you had mm-hmm. to have. OK, so I want Michael to come two days beforehand. However, knowing Michael, he will probably show up that day like totally unannounced. What am <laughs> I going to do then? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the last right? 30 minutes like, yeah that seems like more that is stop. a
0: highly that is a highly likely possibility because i'm the same way in school like this is how i want things to go now i know that this is probably gonna this is a likely <laughs> possibility of what could is gonna interrupt me in this lesson so what am i gonna do already it's so it, it's much easier to do that than to try to deal with things and figure them out like in the moment mm-hmm. and not to say yeah. that she handled it terribly but you could tell she was really stressed over something that she like should have anticipated right mm-hmm. and that, that that's yeah. what got me yeah
1: yeah definitely right. so your uh, life lesson? yeah it's one of those uh hope for the best prepare for the worst
0: exactly yeah
1: yeah all right so my life lesson is really inspired by tommy and maybe even a little bit uh ross when someone picks someone else over you have some self-respect for yourself and just move on yeah, Yeah. there's no need to hang around just to, because it just, it feels like continuous rejection, especially with Tommy. Like, what are you doing? Yes,
0: continuous. Like, every second she's with somebody else is, yeah. like, is another second she didn't pick you. Like, it's, right. that's
1: tough. That's yeah, tough. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have one more episode, and then Mr. O and I are a little confused what's going on. So we think that this is picking up again at some point, but we don't really know. I heard it as it was a mid-season finale of Life After Lockup,
0: right? Mr. And I had, o, I had heard, heard it, it; it was it like it, it was the mid-season finale becomes because it comes in the middle of the season of Life After Lockup. I mean, Love oh, After Lockup. Okay and so yeah. but I don't know I, I, I feel like they just like having these people around they were around forever in season 2 right
1: yeah oh god that that season went on forever yeah.
0: forever they were yeah, around oh my forever gosh. but I'm actually I'm really excited to get um our Love After Lockup people back next week, or yes, yeah, next I week. yes I am too I want to
1: see where this ends up totally yeah alright so we'll be back again next week then
0: yep all right. Okay. Okay. Until then. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye.